I'm Timothy Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week, we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to examine the implications of our faith on our daily lives, so that together we can prepare to live outside the walls. Well, I'm on my third day of antibiotics, and I'm feeling just a little bit better. I was hoping I'd be able to do the show. I had a, just an awful sore throat all week, but, but here I am, and I'm going to fight through it, and we're going to have a great show today. So we're going to start today's show by giving you some important information. This is a very exciting announcement. Now, I've talked with a lot of people who say, you know, I listen to you on the way to work, but traffic's not so bad. And then I get there and you're in the middle of something, but I have to get out and I can't I can't listen all the way through. And so I've got good news for you. The first is that on your local station, you can go and listen live on your computer. Right? You can go into the website for your station and click that Listen Live button and listen to the show from your desk. Now, if you need to, to know that website or find out how to get that, uh, you can go to my website, OutsideTheWalls.com, and I've got the whole list of all the stations and all the times that we air right there on the, on the sidebar. But for some of you, you don't have that luxury. Maybe your uh, HR department has locked down uh, any kind of frivolous activities like listening to a show uh, on on your computer. So I've got some even better news for you. Uh, we've just now begun podcasting all of our archived episodes on iTunes. So you can go to iTunes and just type in Outside the Walls in the iTunes store, and it's going to pop up this show with all the episodes, uh, and you can subscribe to it there. Now, if you don't have iTunes, if you use some other uh, podcasting program, whether it be on your phone or, or some other device, you can go to outsidethewalls.podbean.com, P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com, outsidethewalls.podbean.com, and you can put the feed there into your podcast uh, aggregator, whatever you have, and it will also download all the archives. Now, the, the podcast doesn't come up until after the show has aired the first time, but once the show's aired, uh, then we throw that up on the podcast and you'll be able uh, to download it to your device, to listen to it on your computer, and we hope that you'll be able to interact with us maybe a little bit more through that medium. Uh, so that's that's the big news, and I've got another announcement at the end of the show. It's also a very important announcement, but you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to stick around uh, and listen. But that's not going to be too hard today because we have an excellent show for you. Later in the show today, we're going to be talking with Simka Fisher and Tim Staples. We've got two guests today, and we're going to be talking about the Midwest Catholic Family Conference. Of course, both Simka and Tim are going to be there speaking, and we're going to talk a little bit about the importance of this kind of a conference, so what the spiritual benefit to this conference would be for you and your family, and a little bit about what they're going to be talking about at the conference. And it's not too late to get your tickets, August 7th through 9th in Wichita, Kansas. And I'm telling you, you're not going to find anything else like this. For a full family, if you go and, and you register at the door, right, you're registering at the door. For the whole family, you and your spouse and all of your kids, $135. 
Now, most conferences that I go to, you know, you're spending $300 for one person's registration. And this is $135 for the whole family to hear premier Catholic speakers. And you have to ask yourself, can you afford not to go to this? Uh, the, the price is just perfect. If your budget's tight and you really don't feel like you can do a whole lot on vacation, this is an excellent opportunity to enrich your faith and uh, to have a great time with other people who love the Catholic faith. So we're going to be talking all about the conference in the later segments of the show. Right now, we want to start, as always, with prayer and with scripture and with a reading from church history. And today is the feast day of St. Alphonsus Liguori. So he's one of my very favorite saints. I'm, I'm just super excited uh, to have the show actually fall on his feast day. It was a, a welcome surprise. So let's begin in prayer. Christ is the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. Let us praise and thank him as we pray. Nourish your people, Lord. Christ, you decided to show your merciful love through your holy shepherds. Let your mercy always reach us through them. Through your vicars, you continue to perform the ministry of shepherd of souls. Direct us always through our leaders. Through your holy ones, the leaders of your people, you serve as a physician of our bodies and spirits. Continue to fulfill your ministry of life and holiness in us. You taught your flock through the prudence and love of your saints. Grant us continual growth in holiness under the direction of our pastors. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. O God, who constantly raise up in your church new examples of virtue, grant that we may follow so closely in the footsteps of the bishop St. Alphonsus in his zeal for souls as to attain the same reward that are his in heaven. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Today's first reading comes from the book of Leviticus. I know that that's a, sometimes a nervous book to approach because you think, oh my gosh, Leviticus. But today's reading is going to tell us about the mercy of God right there embedded in the book that we generally tend to think of as the, the legalistic book. So this reading comes from Leviticus 25. The Lord said to Moses on Mount Sinai, Seven weeks of years you shall count, seven times seven years, so that the seventh cycles amount to forty-nine years. Then on the tenth day of the seventh month, let the trumpet resound. On this, the day of atonement, the trumpet blast shall re-echo throughout your land. This fiftieth year you shall make sacred by proclaiming liberty in the land for all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, when every one of you shall return to his own property, every one to his own family estate. In this fiftieth year, your year of jubilee, you shall not sow, nor shall you reap the aftergrowth or pick the grapes from the untrimmed vines, since this is the jubilee which shall be sacred for you. You may not eat of its produce except as taken directly from the field. In this year of jubilee, then, Every one of you shall return to his own property. Therefore, when you sell any land to your neighbor or buy any from him, do not deal unfairly. 
On the basis of the number of years since the last jubilee, you shall purchase the land from your neighbor. And so also, on the basis of the number of years of crops, shall he sell it to you. When the years are many, and the price shall be so much the more. When the years are few, the price shall be so much the less. For it is really the number of crops that he sells you. Do not deal unfairly then, but stand in the fear of the Lord, your God. I, the Lord, am your God. That reading comes from Leviticus chapter 25. Today's responsorial psalm is from Psalm 67. O God, let all the nations praise you. May God have pity on us and bless us. May he let his face shine upon us. So may your way be known upon earth. Among all nations, your salvation. O God, let all the nations praise you. May the nations be glad and exult because you rule the people's inequity. The nations on the earth you guide. O God, let all the nations praise you. The earth has yielded its fruits. God, our God, has blessed us. May God bless us, and may all the ends of the earth fear him. O God, let the nations praise you. Today's gospel comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14. Herod the Tetrarch heard of the reputation of Jesus and said to his servants, This man is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead. That is why mighty powers are at work in him. Now Herod had arrested John, bound him, and put him in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip. For John had said to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. Although he wanted to kill him, he feared the people, for they regarded him as a prophet. But at the birthday celebration for Herod, the daughter of Herodias performed a dance before the guests, and delighted Herod so much that he swore to give her whatever she might ask for. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here, on a platter, the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oaths and the guests who were present, he ordered that it be given, and he had John beheaded in the prison. His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl, who took it to her mother. His disciples came and took away the corpse and buried him, and they went and told Jesus. That reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14. Today's reading from church history comes from a sermon by St. Alphonsus Liguori. Of course, today is his feast day, and so uh, I encourage you to go look him up, look into his life. Uh, he was just a giant of a man uh, who gave us so much in terms of moral theology. This sermon is on the love of Christ. All holiness and perfection of soul lies in our love for Jesus Christ, our God, who is our Redeemer and our supreme good. It is part of the love of God to acquire and to nurture all the virtues which make man perfect. Has not God, in fact, won for himself a claim on all our love? From eternity he has loved us, and it is in this vein that he speaks to us. O man, consider carefully that I first loved you, you had not yet appeared in the light of day, nor did the world exist, but I already loved you. From all eternity I have loved you. Since God knew that man is enticed by favors, he wished to bind him to his love by means of his gifts. I want to catch men with the snares, those chains of love in which they allow themselves to be entrapped. 
so that they will love me. And all the gifts which he bestowed on man were given to this end. He gave him a soul, made him in his likeness, and endowed with memory, intellect, and will. He gave him a body equipped with the senses. It was for him that he created heaven and earth, and such an abundance of things. He made all these things out of love for man, so that all creation might serve man, and man in turn might love God out of gratitude for so many gifts. But he did not wish to give us only beautiful creatures. The truth is that to win for himself our love, he went so far as to bestow upon us the fullness of himself. The Eternal Father went so far as to give us his only Son. When he saw that we were all dead through sin and deprived of his grace, what did he do? Compelled, as the apostles said, by the superabundance of his love for us, he sent his beloved Son to make reparation for us and to call us back to a sinless life. By giving us his Son, whom he did not spare precisely so that he might spare us, he bestowed on us at once every good, grace, love, and heaven. For all these goods are certainly inferior to the Son. He who did not spare his own Son, but handed him over for us all, how could he fail to give us, along with his Son, all good things? That reading comes from a sermon by St. Alphonsus Liguori. I think that St. Alphonsus gives us something very important to, to consider there. Indeed, all the saints really bring to our attention this deep love of God. And it can become too academic. It can become too much of a sense of, oh yeah, well, that's what the Bible says. And let me say these phrases back. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And St. Alphonsus asks us to step back just a little bit and to really pay attention to those words, to listen to those words that God who lacked nothing, gave everything so that he might be in relationship with us. Back in 2004, Pope Benedict XVI, then Cardinal Ratzinger, said this, Many people perceive Christianity as something institutional rather than an encounter with Christ, which explains why they don't see it as a source of joy. Our faith should be a source of joy because of our encounter with Christ. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Simka Fisher and Tim Staples after her. Stick around. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam. Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam. Glad you stuck through the break. We're talking with Simka Fisher today, author of the book, The Sinner's Guide to NFP, which we'll be giving away later in the show. She's also a blogger on the Pathios Network and has a blog entitled, uh, I Need to Sit Down. Is that correct? Uh, I have to sit down, but either way. I have to sit down. <laughs> I could go with either way. 
Yeah. And what is it about your life that makes you say, I have to sit down? Oh, it's so funny. You know, I picked that name when I first started blogging. I I just wanted a little outlet. I had nothing but little kids all over me all the time. And I just started blogging for fun. And it didn't even occur to me that I was going to have to come up with a title. So it told me to put in a title. (laughs) And I thought, all right, well, I'll just write something and I'll come back to it later. And that's what I put. And I realized that actually describes like every part of my life. Either I'm pregnant or I'm recovering from having a baby or (laughs) Or I'm exhausted or there is somebody sitting on me or maybe I've had a little bit too much to drink. You know, one way or another, I generally am looking for the next chair. That's my life. I I understand. My my wife and I, we have uh, five kids, one on the way. The oldest is seven and a half. Uh They were all planned at least 10 minutes in advance. Right. That's right. (laughs) So. Oh, awesome. Well, you are going to be one of the speakers at this uh, conference that we're talking about today, the Wichita, the Midwest Catholic Family Conference in Wichita, Kansas, August 7th through 9th. Uh, So I want to talk a little bit about why a conference like this, and you haven't been to this one before, but you've been to many others. Why a conference like this is beneficial? What's the benefit to a person going to it? And then I want to talk just a little bit about one of the topics you're going to be speaking about there. So talk to us just what is it about a conference that gives benefit? Is there any spiritual benefit uh, to doing something like this, driving maybe a few hours uh, and to going to some strange place and listening to strange people talk? Yeah. I mean, that's a funny question because in general, I am not the kind of person to want to go to these things. I'm, um, I'm, I'm an introvert. I don't like talking to people. I don't like it when people talk to me. I don't like being in rooms with a lot of people. It's like the last thing I want to do. But, <laughs> but every time I go to one, it, it is, it's an amazing experience. And um, one of the good things about it is that um, being an American Catholic in the 21st century can be a very lonely thing. And uh, even when you have a few Catholic friends, even when you have a nice parish to go to, most of the time you're coming into contact with people who think differently from you. And that really wears on you. It's, it's, it's you know, I mean, we're not being horribly persecuted. We're not like, we're, we're not in the Middle East or something. So I don't mean to overstate it. You know, we actually have a pretty good life. But still, it can be a very lonely thing and it can be a very wearing thing to be constantly on the defense and, um, you know, wondering if people are going to misunderstand you, wondering if people think that, you know, you're secretly a child molester or something like that, whatever it is that people believe about Catholics, you know. So <laughs> just even the very experience of being in a large room full of people who more or less think the same things you do and aren't going to, you know, despise you and look down on you for being a Catholic, that in itself is tremendously healing. And I don't think you can overstate at the importance of, of having that experience at least a few times in your life I've never been anywhere other than this conference where I have seen so many double strollers in one place yeah, that's right they've got like a right at the entrance of the of the main hall there's like this double stroller parking lot right. where you can you know take your kids out and go in for mass and there's mass every day and there's adoration uh, going constantly and you know you see people who are living out devotions and I think sometimes we as Catholics we we hold to our f- faith very, very strongly. But then when we go out in public, maybe we hide the scapular or maybe we do something that makes it not so obvious right. that we're Catholic. Right. Uh, and so we do we do our devotional practices within the safety of our own home. And so you go to a conference like this and all of a sudden you see, hey, I'm really not either. I'm not uh, as crazy as I thought or 
there's a pandemic. Right. At least I'm not the only one. Exactly. <laughs> right. At least I'm not the only one who does these crazy things. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I mean, it's not as if being Catholic is, is, is it's not, it's not as if the Catholic church is a monolith. I mean, you talk about, you know, going in and seeing all those double strollers, but obviously there are also a lot of, you know, small Catholic families. There are mm-hmm. people who don't have any children. There are single people. And I think that people like that also find somebody that they have something in common with when they go to these conferences. I mean, the, the Midwest, uh, Catholic Family Conference is obviously geared toward families. So, I mean, right. you're more likely to come across, you know, people who have family in common with you. But um, mm-hmm. still, uh, being a Catholic is such a, there, there's such a wide variety within the Catholic Church that um, I think you're, you're likely to find somebody that you have something in common with, even if it doesn't seem so at first. I mean, this is something that, um, this is something that, like the very first conference I went to was, uh uh, Danielle Bean had put a conference together with the old Faith and Family magazine. And I thought, oh, women, I don't like women. I don't want to be with them. <laughs> you know, it's the last thing I want to do. But I went and it turned out, strangely enough, that all of these people that I thought I had nothing in common with, we had tremendous amount in common. And we really, we understood yeah. each other. And we could, like you said, you could let your guard down a little bit. And it was, it was very, mm-hmm. it was very healing and it was very invigorating. Now, I think that the title, you mentioned something there uh, with uh, the Catholic Family Conference. Mm-hmm. The title may be a little bit misleading. It, it's a family conference, not in that the things they're going to be discussing all revolve around family. Rather, it's a family conference that if, if you take your family, you can send your, your youth to the youth department. Uh-huh. And you can send your elementary kids to the elementary. And there's programs for everyone uh, at all levels of faith. And then you come back together for mass. Wow, that's so brilliant. if you're a single person and you don't have any children or, or spouse, you can still benefit from this conference. If you're a married couple and you don't have any children, you can still benefit from this conference. This is just a place for us married people with lots of kids who could never afford to go to a huge conference, much less send our kids to right. one or find childcare. If we wanted to go to one ourselves, we can all go and we can send the kids to their various corners and we can participate in something that builds our faith and builds their faith without worrying too much about mm-hmm. anything. Well, that's great. That's that's brilliant. I mean, uh, I can't imagine the logistical uh, difficulties that went into putting that together, but I think that's I think I that's wonderful. Well, I think they've they've got it down to a science. This is their 16th year to be putting it on, uh-huh. so they're they're pretty well entrenched in it. So now let's turn our attention just a little bit and let's talk about one of the topics that you've brought up on your blog several times. It's a pet peeve of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, And you're going to be talking about this idea of the contraceptive mentality in NFP. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Where where people say, oh, well, you you know, you you can't, you've got to be careful that you you have, you know, good and grave and really life-threatening reasons because you've got to have that. Otherwise, you're using it with a contraceptive mentality. Right. And this is something that's come, I mean, we just barely, well, last week was uh, NFP. Was it last week? or the, I don't even know what day it is. It's 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 <laughs> summer. I don't know what day of the week it is. Anyway, we right. just we, got through NFP Awareness Week. And a lot of people, as you pointed out, took the opportunity to, um, I think Jim Russell called it uh, NFP Bewareness Week. 
<laughs> where apparently there's this huge scourge in the Catholic Church, which is among all the all the Catholics who are adhering to the Church's teaching about sexuality, which is you know at last count maybe four or five percent, and that's optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're doing it wrong, and that that they have trivial reasons for postponing or avoiding pregnancy, and that what they're doing is so selfish and so petty that it's hardly distinguishable from contraception. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the world is coming to an end because of all these people who are doing NFP wrong. So, <laughs> and I would talk about, talk about discouraging, talk about, you know, people are making a huge sacrifice. They're doing something very countercultural. They're doing something which really challenges you, you know, some, it challenges mm-hmm. some people a lot more than others. I mean, that's what I, right. that's what I wrote my book about. I wrote it for the people who are challenged by NFP or finding it really difficult and trying to figure out like, you know, am I doing it wrong? Am I just a terrible person? Is the church just lying to me or what? Mm-hmm. So the, so that's, that's the reason that I wrote my book was that I wanted to reassure and encourage people and give them some, some, some advice and some perspective. Yeah. And uh, I forget what else I was going to say. Yeah, but anyway, the, the, the phrase contraceptive mentality, it's, it's, a, it's, a real, it's a real phrase. It's a real thing. It was, uh, it was, John Paul II, who coined the phrase, and he mm-hmm. used it in a couple different encyclicals, but it doesn't mean what people think it means. And it's right. um, it, it, it was used in a in a particular context, which I'm going to go into more in my in my speech. And it's something that people don't need to worry about in the way that they think they need to worry about it. <laughs> you know, this is something that's that's always bugged me because. Um, the idea that our mentality could be contraceptive is really to, to misunderstand contraception because contraception is not merely saying we need to postpone uh, having children because, I mean, basically any time that you weren't uh, actively trying to have children, you would be contracepting if that were the case. Right. I mean, anytime you were deciding to wash the dishes instead of go to bed right now, that would be a contraceptive right. act, <laughs> which it's not, it, FYI. <laughs> Right. It's not, you know, in, uh, in Casti Canubi, the great encyclical that was written as, as the response to the Seventh Lambeth Conference, where the Church of England accepted contraception, mm-hmm. he talks about uh, any time that, aside from virtuous continence, uh, you try to, uh, to deprive an act of its power, that when we try to deprive our our union with one another of the fertility that's intrinsic to it. When you try to cut off the the end of it, that's the contraceptive mentality. Right. You're actually doing something to the actual sacred act itself. Whereas as, as natural to, family planning just makes, takes advantage of the way things naturally are, which is that a woman is not fertile all the time. Right. So you work with that. <laughs> yeah. And basically we're trying to define something by negation because when NFP is actually active is when you are actively choosing not to do something. So it's, it's precisely inaction and not action. Right. And I think where people get confused is that they think that it's all about uh, it's all about your attitude. Mm -hmm. And uh, to some degree, I understand that point. I mean, uh, you know, if we're uh, if we're obeying God for all the wrong reasons, Mm -hmm. then that's not as good as obeying God for the right reasons. And we should definitely strive to be doing things with the right attitude out of love of God and not because of some other more petty reason. But (laughs) the fact is that 
God cuts us so much slack. Yeah. And he, you know, thank goodness for that, because if it were all up to us and if things were only moral when we did them 100 percent perfectly right with the absolute best intentions, then we would all be in a lot of trouble right now. You know, yeah. but it's it's kind of uh, I think that it shows a disregard for the mercy of God when we tell people that NFP is only acceptable when it's, you know, when we're doing it like a saint, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> because God doesn't expect that as a, of us. He doesn't, he, he asks it of us, but he doesn't demand it of yeah. us. Well, Simka, thanks for being on the show today. And uh, we'll see you next week at the conference. When we come back from this break, we're going to be talking with Tim Staples of Catholic Answers about his participation in the Midwest Catholic Family Conference. Join the conversation over at facebook.com slash step outside the walls and on Twitter, the handles at outside the walls. Stick around. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam. Thanks for sticking through the break. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam. Now we're going to turn our attention just a little bit uh, a different direction. Uh, we just finished talking with Simka Fisher, who's going to be at the Midwest Catholic Family Conference this coming weekend. And now we have another guest, uh, Tim Staples. He's the Director of Apologetics and Evangelization at Catholic Answers, a prolific author, and a man who brings great enthusiasm to everything he does. Tim, welcome to the show today. It is great to be with you, and uh, I like that first name of yours, by the way. Oh, well, it is a good first name. You have a lovely <laughs> first name as well. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, we're talking today, of course, about the Midwest Catholic Family Conference. This is my going to be my uh, fourth year to be a part of it, and my, my children, I don't think, would let me not go. Uh, they talk about... <laughs> talk about catechism class all year long and, and they don't mean the one that they go to at our parish. No, they mean the one in Wichita yeah. that, the, that the sisters yeah. teach. Uh, but let's talk first about the, what is the spiritual benefit uh, that, that one gets from going to a conference? I mean, certainly you could, you could get that information by listening to Catholic radio, which I highly suggest all of our listeners do because, uh, Hey, we're both on it. Right. Um, but you know, you could do that same thing from home. You could read blogs. You could do any number of of things that enrich your spiritual uh, understanding and, and really engage the mind. What is it about a conference that makes it different and yeah. makes it uh, worthwhile? Yeah, well, I, I would say conferences in general have many benefits, but this one in particular, I, I say this all the time now, I, I happen to have been to every single one of these conferences except for one over the years, I guess over the last 15 uh, years or so. Mm -hmm. But this conference in particular is extraordinary in that, you know, you have something for the entire family, the kids are taken care of, you have an enormous crowd of people, roughly 4,000 or so uh, of your closest friends will be there. <laughs> there is there is such a, a lively spirit there. It, it, it is almost hard to, to capture with words. But, you know, it's one thing to read a book. It's one thing to, you know, go on a blog. But it's another thing to be there live, to meet the speakers. And look what we have this year with Tim Gray right. and Simka Fisher and Pia De Salini and Father James Kubicki and more. I mean, these are, these are top-notch speakers. And there is something about being there live. You know, I love – I know I personally get something out of this conference more than I, I give in every year. I mean – 
I speak there every year, but hearing the testimonies, meeting people, hearing their stories, lives changed. You know, we have folks that have come back to the sacraments at these conferences for the first time in 50 years, 40 years, 30 years, and we have uh, people of, of other religions, other Christian sects that come in and um, it's the first step to them toward full communion with the Catholic faith. I mean, it is such a lively atmosphere. The the spirit is infectious there. I, I guarantee you, if you come, you will have an experience that you will never forget. I can look back at so many of these conferences and experiences that I have had that have been life changers for me. I'll guarantee it'll be the same for you. Now, Tim, you, you spend a lot of time going to conferences. Uh, you're, you're a very well sought after speaker, but this one is different uh, than all the other ones you go to, uh, to the extent that you keep coming back. I mean, you, you said yourself, yes. you've only missed one. Can you say that about any other conference? And no. And what makes yeah. this one uh, so special to you? I mean, you're, you're out in California mm-hmm. and you're making the trek to Wichita every year. I mean, that's the middle of nowhere there's a little bit of an urban (laughs) center in the middle of nowhere and yet you you keep coming out what is it about this conference well you know it's like i said before the spirit there is infectious you know there's prayer going on all year for this conference you've got the support of the diocese there wonderful bishop in in wichita and so you know when you walk into those doors and i feel it every year there is a a powerful uh, uh, presence there. Our Lord is specially present. There's no doubt about it. You can feel the prayers of people that have been praying all year long for this this conference. And so when I walk in there every year, in fact, you know what, Tim, I'm getting goosebumps right now even talking about it because I know exactly what I will feel when I first walk into that convention center. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be early. There won't be a lot of folks there but I will already feel the prayers. And then you also know, and you will experience, these guys have it down. Mm -hmm. They have this conference so well oiled. For the speakers, I can tell you it's wonderful because they do the little things. The little things are taken care of. It runs so smoothly. You've got literally hundreds of volunteers in there to, to help you out and to make your weekend special. That is what makes this truly a special event. Well, and those volunteers make all the difference because, you know, uh, we, we, I work in the, the diocese here in Tulsa and we send our youth to conferences and, and I go to, to trade conferences and, uh, you know, national Catholic family life minister conferences. And the, the registrations on those are you know, 200, 300 a person. Uh, and, you know, you can't really afford, if you've got a large Catholic family, you can't afford to send all your kids to that kind of conference. But right. be- because of the volunteer presence, I mean, the whole family uh, at the door registration is one hundred thirty five dollars. Yeah, and that's just, extraordinary. I can't even fathom that. Uh, and yet we, we take advantage of it every year. And you've I think you've brought your family on more than one occasion as well. I, I have on multiple occasions. In fact, the last time was two years ago, uh, took at the time. Uh, had five kids. Now we have six, but uh, we took all five. We actually drove there, oh, wow. and and it was extraordinary. And my kids are saying, "Dad, when are we going back again?" So we'll probably do it again here in the next couple of years, but not doing it this year. Yeah. But my kids were 
really electrified when when they came to the conference just two years ago. So again, they're bugging me about coming back again. Now we've got a broad listening audience here. We've got uh, folks all over the state of Oklahoma. We've also got uh, people all over the state of Kentucky and then various listeners uh, to the podcast throughout the United States. Would you recommend that that they make that drive, uh, even if it may be eight, nine hours in the car for them? Yeah, absolutely. For my family, yeah, it was a long drive. We ended up staying at seven different hotels. Of course, that's <laughs> a that's the added plus for the kids because it's seven different swimming pools, that's right? That's right, right. Um, actually, eight if you include the stay at, at uh, in Wichita itself. Uh, so, you know, it was quite a, a deal logistically, but my goodness, it was so worth it. We saw some sights on the way out. It culminated in that weekend where my kids were fired up, my wife and I were fired up, and, and then the drive back to California, the kids are talking about what they experienced at the conference. So, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I, I would recommend it highly. One of the things I love is they have, uh, there's a Eucharistic procession uh, on one of the nights, and all the families are involved, and we walk through the streets of Wichita uh, with the presence of our Lord. And then they also Absolutely. have uh, these times where they take the children, the elementary children, into adoration to have some time just being still and quiet, which Lord knows our children need, my children need. Uh, but specifically, quiet and, and respectful presence uh, in, in face-to-face with our Lord. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I know in years past we've had... Uh, Father Antoine, who specializes in in helping kids to experience our Lord in the Eucharist. And I love the fact that whether he's there or not, they continue uh, that. And it's amazing to me how the kids just, they're absorbed by the Eucharist. You know, you teach them, this is Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. This is a a living miracle that you have in front of you. And the kids want to be there. You know, we can learn from our kids because when you see them enveloped in the Eucharist, once they learn the reality of the Eucharist, you know, we should look at, look at each other and say, why aren't we enveloped by the right. presence of our Lord in the Eucharist like our children are? I mean, they, they are, in a certain sense, a, a sort of a sign for us as adults of, of what we need to do as believers in Jesus Christ as Catholics get back to basics, get on our knees and adore our Lord in the most blessed sacrament. That should be the foundation of our lives. So let's turn our attention to your talks. Let's uh, take just maybe a couple of minutes and give us a sneak peek of what people can expect from you at the Midwest Catholic Family Conference. Sure. Um, As you may know, I just published a new book, uh, Behold Your Mother, just Mm -hmm. came out this past November. And so uh, I'm going to be doing a talk, Behold Your Mother, which is based on the book, Uh, It's kind of an overview of Mary's role in salvation. Now, of course, in the book, I cover all the Marian uh, doctrines as well as the four big dogmas. But I'll be I'll be focusing mostly on Mary's role in God's plan of salvation. But I got a few extra surprises, too, in there. Hopefully everyone of the folks in that convention center will leave more devoted and in love with our blessed mother. Well, excellent. We're going to be actually giving that book away in a couple of weeks. We're going to give it away here on the show uh, on the 15th on the Assumption of Mary. And so uh, we're going to hope to meet you at the conference and maybe get some time with you and and discuss this topic further. And we'll air that on that show again on the 15th and give away that book. 
Well, we're just about to, to go to break, but Tim, do you have any parting thoughts for us uh, regarding the conference, regarding anything at all that you'd like to let us know? Yes, I, I really do look forward to meeting you folks, and please don't hesitate to come up and say hi. I love to meet everybody there. I'll be at my table at Catholic Answers. I'll be signing books and uh, chatting with folks until they throw me out. <laughs> I'll be right there with you. Well, we've got lots of special giveaways during the conference, uh, and you're going to know about them by joining us, uh, by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash step outside the walls, following us on Twitter, the handles at outside the walls. And that's how you'll find out about those special giveaways. Uh, otherwise, you can stop by the booth and see me. We'll have a booth there at the, in the expo hall, and I'd love for you to come by and let us know you're a listener. If you haven't registered for the conference yet, you can do that over at catholicfamilyconference.org. When we come back from the break, we're going to be giving away Simca Fisher's book, The Sinner's Guide to NFP. Tim Staples is going to stick around and help us give that away, so you're not going to want to miss it. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam. Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam. Thanks for sticking around. It's time to give something away. Now's my favorite part of the show. It's where we ask you a trivia question and I get to give something to you. Uh, today we're giving away Simca Fisher's book, The Sinner's Guide to NFP, and Tim Staples stuck around through the break to think up a really tricky trivia question to give to you. So I hope you're ready. You're going to want to be by Google so you can look it up. Uh, and then you're going to answer that by giving me a call at 918-928-KPIM. That's 918-928-5746. You can also answer on social media at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. And on Twitter, the handle is at outside the walls. So, Tim, why don't you give us uh, a little sneak peek into your sure. talk and uh, by way of a trivia question. Okay, trivia question. Um, in our Catholic tradition, Mary, of course, is mother of God. And that goes all the way back to sacred scripture. She's also referred to as the spouse of St. Joseph, as well as the mystical spouse of Jesus by, okay. for example, St. Ephraim the Syrian. Well, is Mary referred to in our tradition as the spouse of another person? If so, who is that person? All right. Who is Mary the spouse of? Uh, we've already said she's the spouse of Joseph. Mystically, she's the spouse of Jesus. Is there someone else who she is the spouse of in our tradition? And uh, and if so, who is it? By now, you should be feverishly typing away in Google to see what you can find. We want you to look that up. Uh, now, you mentioned an encyclical that they could find that if they're really hurting to find an answer. <laughs> yes, it's actually found in Pope St. John Paul the Great's encyclical Mother of the Redeemer of March 25th, 1987, a brilliant encyclical on the Blessed Mother, and it's in paragraph 26. You know, I just always assumed that you, you Catholic Answers folks had verbum open all the time, and that's why you were so smart, but <laughs> I literally just put you on the spot, and you just pulled that out of your hat. So I'm, <laughs> I'm very impressed. Uh, you can answer that question. Again, uh, give me a call, 918-928-KPIM. Facebook.com slash Step Outside the Walls or Twitter, the handle's at Outside the Walls. I'll be giving that book, Simca Fisher's book, The Sinner's Guide to NFP, to the first person who calls back 
and gives me that answer. Tim, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us today. Thanks so much for having me, Tim. I look forward to seeing you in Wichita. You know, I think maybe the reason that I am so uh, gung-ho about this conference is I grew up in, in my former tradition, in the Methodist tradition, going to one of these conferences. And we were of, uh, in a denomination, we were a little bit different than maybe the main line of our denomination. I grew up Methodist, but a very evangelical bent of Methodism. My father says that he's an oxymoron. He's a United Methodist evangelist. So he's clergy, but also is traveling, basically doing parish missions all the time. And so we had a very vibrant and orthodox faith that didn't necessarily look like a whole bunch of, of other Methodists that we were around. And so these conferences really offered me growing up uh, the opportunity to create deep and lasting relationships with other people who are of the same mind. Uh, in fact, on Facebook, I, I still interact with people that I met uh, in, in junior high and it, first got to know in junior high. And of course, our lives have gone in vastly different directions. And, and yet the, the relationships are still there and there's still a good rapport, uh, even as, as I've become Catholic and uh, have a whole new set of different beliefs from the majority of the people that surround me. And so I really think that these conferences make, make a lasting impression specifically on our children. Uh, and, you know, you, you go back year after year and you see the same faces and there's, there's just a sense of joy, almost like a family reunion, coming back into contact with all these people. So I really hope that you'll take the time, uh, go over to catholicfamilyconference.org and register, and then come by and say hello uh, at the booth. Now, couple of other announcements. I promised you at the beginning of the show that I had some important and exciting news. Well, if you weren't able to catch the whole show, the good news is now our archives are up on iTunes. We podcast the show archives up on iTunes. You just go into the iTunes store and type in outside the walls, scroll down to the podcast area and click subscribe, or you can go to our website, outsidethewalls.com, and there on the right-hand side, down at the bottom, you click that iTunes button, and it will automatically subscribe you to the show. So you no longer have an excuse uh, for missing an episode. You no longer have an excuse for not calling in and giving the answer to the trivia question, uh, or finding us there on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, so please go and subscribe and, and catch up. Share that with your friends who maybe don't have access to quality Catholic radio in their area. And let's expand our listening audience. Now, right alongside that, expanding our reach uh, is another very important piece of information. And that is that now all donations to Outside the Walls are tax deductible. Our parent organization has given us the go-ahead and helped us set up an account through their 501c3. And so now anything that you give to help further this show uh, is going to be tax deductible. Now, up until now, we're on our what, 37th episode. Everything that we've done has been volunteer. It's a labor of love because I love being on the radio and, and having this conversation with you. Uh, and so we haven't made any money off the show, nor have we really had to spend a whole lot of money on the show. Uh, but things are beginning to to kind of crank up, and it's very exciting, but at the same time, it's also an investment on our part, and we're having to, to spend a little bit more money than than we were expecting. And so now we want to, to give you an opportunity to join with us and make this show uh, really spectacular. Now, 
if you're like me, you already think that the show is spectacular, and you're thinking, well, what more do you need? Well, the truth of the matter is, this show has been recorded entirely on borrowed equipment. And so we're wanting to create our own studio so that we can ensure the future of the show. We don't have to depend on other people for their equipment. We don't have to worry that it's going to go away and we have no way to record the show. No, we want to have our own studio uh, so that we can broadcast this as far and as wide as possible. And your gift can make that happen. The easiest way to donate is to go to our website, OutsideTheWalls.com, and about halfway down the page, you'll find the PayPal Donate button. Uh, And uh, it's easy as that. We'll send you a tax receipt, and you can help ensure this quality Catholic radio will continue far into the future. Well, until next week, we'll continue this conversation over at Facebook.com slash StepOutsideTheWalls, and Twitter the handles at OutsideTheWalls. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.